everyone, welcome to the Hire My VA Team and Business Building Podcast brought to you by Ugozi.com. In this podcast and at Hire My VA, we help you to reclaim your freedom through hiring and thriving with virtual assistants without breaking the bank. And I said that all in one breath. How's that? <clears throat> hey, I'm Dave Braun. And as usual, I'm here with Larry Broughton, yep. my fantastic <clears throat> friend and mentor, buddy traveling through life with me. Larry, I know you've coached like thousands of entrepreneurs to become successful, not only in their businesses, but their lives. We just had a great Q&A call yesterday. Every time we're on those things, I marvel at the wisdom that comes out of your brain and then mouth. Thank you for that. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, thank you, David. Hi, handsome David. How are you? Um, hey, listen, sometimes you just got to, oh, this is just, I think a lesson for everybody, right? When you get to the advanced age that you and I are at. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are committed to being a lifelong learner, like you and I are avid readers, right? Yeah. Um, and um, you and I, a few years ago when we did this top 101 books, which by the way, folks, stay tuned. We're redoing this, adding some new books. Mm -hmm. If you look at the number of books that we've read, the number of conversations that we've had, the number of podcasts that we listen to and radio shows oh, and yeah. seminars that we go to. If you actually take just one nugget from each of those interactions, you apply those to your life and you stare at your navel a little bit to understand how bad experiences and good experiences have impacted us. And then you just share those with the world. That's called wisdom. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and sometimes I just recognize, I just need to open myself up when uh, people are sharing their, their challenges and just let the universe flow, mm -hmm. you know? Because sometimes I am shocked. You've seen the look on my face sometimes in masterminds. I was like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. absolutely true. I can remember a couple of those situations, like we're all in awe, because I realize sometimes I'm just the vessel, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, we all are, right? You know? But it's us being willing to be the vessel and to being well, open and, you know, like you said, reading books, listening to podcasts, expanding ourselves, having different experiences. And, you know, we learn from other people as well. Well, here's the lesson I think in here. And this is where I think I'm, and I do get that I am a little gifted in this area is mm -hmm. that my ego doesn't get in the way. I don't care whether I get credit for the idea or not. Yeah. I, I'm in enough meetings. I've been doing life long enough to be in a meeting with someone and see that rather than trying to contribute to the conversation or to flush out new ideas, they're formulating what their next response is going to be. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, instead of just being in the moment and trying to serve the people that are in the meeting with you, they're concerned about how am I going to look, you know, how am I going to, how there's a gamesmanship that goes on with some yeah. people. And I think that we could all learn from this. And it came up just in the, I think it was the Q and a, it was a Q&A yesterday. Um, sometimes it's just about perspective. We can look at rent, for instance. I think that was the topic, right? <laughs> Somebody's paying rent. And they're like, oh, oh it's, it's a, yeah. such a waste for me to be paying this rent. And it oh, drives yeah. them nuts every time they write that check. Well, you could look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Or you could look at it that, listen, I feel blessed that I have the money to pay for this rent mm -hmm. right now and to live in this spectacular home that I couldn't afford Mm -hmm. but I'm allowed to be here and this home allows me to have this great office, you know, and accept the blessings instead of like having your ego attached yeah. to it. 
Just saying, listen, I know that that's airy fairy for a lot of people. I know it's a little crunchy granola, California stuff, <laughs> yeah. but I'm just trying to share that I'm dedicated to lifelong learning. I'm not who I used to be. And I'm just trying to share the good stuff that I've learned along the way. I just don't want people to have to have to navigate the roadblocks and minefields that you and I have had to navigate over the years. That's it. That, but that's, that's great advice. And, you know, you think you, you said you're not the same person and neither am I. If you think back, Larry, five years or even 10 years yeah. at who you were then, and you think about who you are now, what you've learned, where you've, where you've gone to or when, where you've come from it, if you are on a lifelong learning path, you should like almost be proud of yourself. Yes. And, and, sure. and if you're not, well, then you need to change it. <laughs> you know, I was on a coaching call this morning with someone that, that you know. Um, and I remember, I think you were there the first time that we met her um, at, a, at a conference after coffee. <coughs> and, um, and she was, had this armor up and she was shy and she was nervous to talk. And the next thing you know, today, she's freaking on fire and doing research and knows numbers and is doing a, com a real legitimate competitive set analysis, you know, on her business compared to, to other businesses. Like, Oh, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> What's happened here? Well, you know what? She has surrounded herself with people who are bolder and brighter than she was back then. She had the courage to step into an environment where she was going to be a little bit uncomfortable at first. Yeah. Right. And, um, and humbled herself, served when she could, you know, took the fuel from others when they gave it to her um, and um, went out on the edge. It takes guts. It takes courage to do that. Yeah. It takes know? very, it takes courage to humble yourself because when you put yourself in that position, you become vulnerable. Yeah, for sure. That's scary. Yeah, that for scary. sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny that we're talking about this already because I think you gave me a glimpse of what we're going to be talking about today. And this ties into this a little bit. In a tangent, in a yeah, in a weird way. But why don't you go ahead and uh, let, what are we talking about today, Dave? Okay, well, this is episode one thirty-seven of yep. our podcast. On um, the question is today: Why is it important for team members to know their roles on a team? <laughs> so yeah, that that was. I remember when you read that to me, whatever it was, ten minutes ago. I think we both laughed. It's like yeah. Well, these are the questions we get, my friends. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a surprise. Not to, not to poke, you know, poke holes at the person uh, who gave us the question, but I do get it. The reason I was laughing is because, listen, we've done enough consulting with organizations where we've gone in and met with team members or employees, right? And when you get when you get them behind closed doors, away from their managers, business owners, and leaders, and you say, "So, what's your role here? Where do you fit in the organization?" They don't really know. They know what some of their task might be. They know what some of their duties might be, but they don't know what the impact that they're truly having on the organization and what benefit they are bringing to the organization. How sad is that? Yeah. So that's... Someone who spends about a third of their life in business, yeah. in you know, your environment and they don't have a purpose or they don't know what their purpose is there. That's, that's a little bit heartbreaking for me. And so you wonder why do people get burned out? You wonder why do people get resentful of their bosses? You wonder why do people quit without notice? You know, when this is really what, what's happening. 
And there's an amazing statistic that I share all the time. So folks, bear with me if you're a, a follower of ours, but it's worth repeating. And that is the uh, State of the American Workforce Survey done by the Gallup organization each year. And perenner perennially is that how you say it perennially whatever annually each, or whatever and annually each year it comes up that roughly roughly 67 percent of the american workforce is either disengaged or actively disengaged in your organization 67 percent and when you peel back the onion you peel back the layers and you look at where why are people so so disengaged most of those people feel like they're not being professionally developed right Right. So why would you professionally develop someone? So that they have a path, they have a career path. <laughs> they know where they're going. Right. Instead, Dave, what we have found when we've gone into a lot of these organizations is that people realize, okay, I need to have a warm body standing in front of this cash register at this time. And so they hire that warm body and that's the last training they ever got. Right. Um, but what this is reminiscent of for me when I think about the most high performing teams I've ever been on, mm -hmm. the most high performing teams, whether it's sports or business or my military career, it's by far being on Special Forces A teams in the Green Berets. You know, there's 12 guys on a Special Forces A team and um, all type A personalities, all above average intelligence, pretty high IQs as a matter of fact. Um, hard chargers, all pursuing excellence in everything that they do. Now, what if you put 12 people like that into a boardroom, what do you normally get? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Pandemonium, <laughs> jockeying for power, yeah. right? Um, people backstabbing each other, right? Somebody trying to become the alpha. Who's the alpha here? Who's going to be the... Who's going to be the, uh, what do they call them? The apex top predator. Top dog. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, because I'm a special forces A-teams, everyone knows what their role is and they know what impact and benefit. This is the key. The benefit that they're having on the mission, people are willing to support each other else. People are willing to say, hey, I'll subordinate my apex predator tendencies for the, for the results of the mission or our agenda because we all are going to finish versus, you know, if you think about, I'm sorry, I'm kind of in this era in my life where I'm looking, I'm studying lots of anthropology and human behavior and, and, you know, how do chimpanzees react in the wild and baboons and that kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what happens when you have a silverback gorilla or you've got a, a, a alpha male chimpanzee, right? It only takes, if you've got one, chimpanzee um, or one silverback gorilla who only rules through tyranny and power it only takes three younger less strong apes or chimpanzees to go in and tear that leader apart limb from limb yeah right yeah and so you can't be the type of leader that comes and says do this because i say so Mm -hmm. you've got to really build a team so you can have a bunch of alphas you know this is why you and i preach all the time surround yourself with people who are bolder and brighter than you are there should be no problem with having people on your team who are smarter at their roles than, than you are because if they all know what their mission is on the team they're going to help everybody else out mm -hmm. on the team 
right? And if you and I, let's say that we are the alpha dog in the room, and if we don't really care about whether we're getting the credit or not, as long as the team gets the credit, there's no threat of an overthrow or that the younger chimps are going to come in and tear, tear our arms off, you know, yeah. and eat us literally. Right. So, um, in, on special forces, eight teams, we actually do, well, the, the military, just to get into the military, you do, you take the ASVAB assessment, armed services, vocational aptitude battery to find out what is your basic aptitude? What are your strengths? And then you get people to work inside your strengths. So why is it important to understand the role that you, they play on the team? And I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of uh, doing a homily here. I'll let you speak here in a second. That's all right. <laughs> it's because when people know what their mission is, they'll show up much more inspired. All right. They're going to come into work like they get to come in. They get to contribute. You know, and if you have an environment where ideas um, are accepted, failing is also accepted because without failure, you don't get change. You don't get innovation. You don't get, you know, creativity. Right. Um, and so when you build that type of environment and people know what their role is, they're more likely to help other people on the team. And everybody wants to be in a working environment where they're working in their strengths. They're getting support from their team members. They're making an impact in the organization. Therefore, therefore making an impact on the world and their community. It's just a great environment. But sadly, most people don't have that. Dave, they literally go in and they punch a clock and they don't really know. You know, I, I feel like my dad was this way and rest his soul. You know, he was a machine operator um, in this plant. And all he did all day is pull a piece of metal through a thing, two hands to hit a button, a press comes down, slides the thing out, and that's all he did all day. Like, oh my gosh, monotony, right? And I don't yeah. even know that he knew what that piece that that machine was making did in the bigger machine that was being built, right? And so not that those roles aren't important as well, but my sense is the people that are listening to this podcast um, aren't that, right? So I think it's very important that people know what their mission is because they're going to feel more inspired. And if your team members feel more inspired, that means productivity is going to skyrocket. I forget what the, what the percentage, we, we, we did a deep dive several years ago with my former business partner, um, on this and how much productivity increased when people were working inside their strengths, but it's, it's, phenomenal. So when productivity goes up and turnover goes down, which happens, right? Those are the two things that really drive profitability in your organization. What would happen to your organization, Dave, if all of a sudden your turnover went from pick a number for most people, you know, it's today's environment. It's a hundred percent or 90%. What if you could cut that in half, cut it by two thirds? Yeah, it's huge, huge. How much profitability would that be? What if yeah. every person on your team wanted to be there and um, productivity and morale went up. So expenses go down, productivity goes up. That's a combination for success right there. Right. Yeah, so I think one of the things that people may be asking themselves right now, right? We talked about the roles and, and people need to know what they are and yeah. most people don't and unengaged and all that. So how do we know if our team members know what role they're supposed to play? ask them. Exactly. <laughs> Have a conversation, you know, hopefully you guys are doing, I don't know, how do you call it? Touching tables that, but yeah. that's how you talk about it in the hospitality industry. But 
have Welcome a conversation. The four corners are touching tables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have a conversation with somebody the next time, uh, this next week, have a good conversation with all of your, your team members on an individual basis. So, you know, yeah. by the way, Joe, you know, I want to know, it's really important for me to know that, you know, your roles and responsibilities within the organization. I want to make sure that um, you're fulfilling your fullest potential in the organization. What do you think your role is? Can I, are you happy in that role? Yeah. Um, I love that idea. I really do. And I want people to do that. I'm going to set this up though for folks because I can imagine, well, no, it's just <laughs> yeah, that <you> I, <laughs> I think that I can see where they're, if you just out of the blue, this, is, if this yeah. is the first time you've ever had a conversation like this with somebody, you're probably not going to get a real answer from them because they're like, they're going to ask, What's what answer do you want me to give you, boss? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. But I think you can start it just like this. Um, hey, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the topic of you know team members understanding what their role role in the organization is, and it really got me thinking. Like, do the team members around here know what their role is in in the organization? And even more importantly, do they know the impact that they're making in the organization? What do you think about that? Start with that. Get because that's an open-ended question, right? And then say, okay, Joe, do you do you know the impact? Like, am I falling short? How would how would you feel if you really understood the impact you're making? How can I communicate more effectively to you? Yeah, you know, so that you understand what your role is. Do you understand what your role is? You know what I mean? Instead of like just ripping the bandit off and say, hey, Dave, do you know what your role is in the organization? <laughs> yeah. Like a deer in the headlights. Where is this coming from, man? You know? My point is there's some nuance when it comes to languaging, right? You have yeah, to take people sense. on the journey a little bit, right? Um, and if you're the type of leader or manager who's never done this before, it's going to be very difficult for you. And frankly, the people in your organization may be a little bit weirded out and might not give you honest answers in the beginning. They may tap dance or whatever. So use this as an opportunity, Dave, I think, to start dialogue. I don't know an industry that's not been impacted by the the great resignation or the big quit or whatever it is that we're calling it. And right. kind of come up with a different name because it's not the big quit or the great resignation anymore. It's the can't get people to come into work <laughs> or can't get people <laughs> yeah. to show up for interviews uh, kind of thing, right? There's a staffing shortages across, across the country. This, I'm talking industries. I do know individual businesses that are thriving and they're fully staffed and they got people wanting to work there mm-hmm. because they've got good cultures and people don't want to leave yeah. you know, because they have a fully engaged workforce, Right but you've got to get intentional about, about this. Right. So I always apply, not always, I, well, you know, both of us, we all, we apply our past experiences to a current problem, right? My past experiences is military and entrepreneurship. You've got a sports and corporate America background. What (laughs) twist would you put on this Dave, from your, from your background about how important is it that team members understand their role in your organization? Well, I'll give you that twist in a minute, but I don't want to let this go because I'm thinking practically for somebody. Okay. Okay. So maybe they have three or four or five or 10 team members, right? And they're thinking, you know, 
okay, Larry, you know, I like that. You know, I, I like what you said about, you know, listening to a podcast yesterday, do the team members know, what do you think about that when you're talking to somebody? Would you recommend talking to, I mean, how would you start? You got five or 10 team members. You got to pick somebody to start with. Would you pick, say, somebody who's been with you for a while, who you got a really good relationship with and see how that goes? Or would you pick the new person? (laughs) I pick the safe one first. Yeah. You know, just to get your languaging down, because you'll realize there will be some words that will trigger people to be become defensive. Um, but here's what I end up finding with people. They avoid the asking the people that they know will be the harshest critic or they put them last. Uh, okay. I would name the elephant in the room after going to the, like the two people that are safe and I get my languaging down and I hear some of the benefits that they're having. I would go to the, maybe the third interview would be the person who's like the harshest critic and say, Dave, I know, man, you know, I've been here long enough. You've been here long enough. I was listening to this podcast the other day and go through the script that I kind of said it a second ago. And it really got me thinking. And so knowing some of the, you know, that you had uh, some great ideas and even some challenges with the way things have gone around here in the past. um, And you've had some legitimate frustrations what do you think about this? Because it's really important for me to get your feedback as well. Okay. I bet you would shock them if you went with an open heart and really went to listen to them because people like this who are constant critics are used to being ostracized. They're used to being pushed to the periphery. They're used to people rolling their eyes at them. And this is one of the reasons they get defensive. And this is one of the reasons why they become sharpshooters because it's the only attention that they're going to get. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if that's right, but I mean, that, that's what I've experienced uh, in my life. So I would, the, the, the sharpshooters, the people who are the harshest critics, I wouldn't put them to the end because word is going to get it, get out. Hey, you know, Larry's walking around and asking me really weird questions today. And that person is going to be thinking, Oh, either goody goody. Or like, oh, they're never going to come talk to me. You kind of catch them off guard. Mm, yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's my thought. I may be wrong. Everything no, no, no. I say may be wrong. Right. I think that's a way to start. I, I'd like to hear what other people th- think about this. So if you got ideas, if you've tried this in the past, or give us a, a suggestion on how I might do this better, or one of our other, you know, fellow tribes people might do it better. I'd love to hear your comments. Okay, so I got one more twist for you. Are you Let's ready? Do the twist, and then I want to hear your your, your, your thing on sports that, or corporate America. Go ahead. Not the Chuck Berry twist or whatever okay. it was. All right. Um, so would you at some point? Because this is what I, it came to my mind: is yeah. would you at some point ask maybe one of your most trusted folks on your team, um, what do you think my role should be in the organization? Yeah, yeah. I think you should always be asking that. Yeah. Um, we do this as part of our, uh, confidential work climate surveys, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, when we've asked it, oftentimes people say, we want you to be the inspirational leader. We want you to be focusing on strategy stuff. Right. Um, and, um, but what I've learned over the years, generally people want to feel like the business owner or the leader, or the manager is there supporting them. Mm-hmm giving them the tools and resources to be better at their job. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah, you know, and, if, and it, developing them professionally. You know, if you if you if so, if we come back to you asking me about corporate America and sports and stuff, um, as an employee in corporate America for almost thirty years, if I one of the first things that came to my mind is uh-huh. if my boss asked me that, I would say I'd really like for you to stop by the lab where we're doing our work and say hi every now and then and ask a few questions about what we're doing and ask what kind of issues that we've got and maybe how we can improve what we are doing or what tools that we need. That would be, that would be one of the answers. I think that's a really good one. One Dave. I mean, obviously let's not forget the basics. The basics is if you've got a business, you should have position profiles or some people call them job descriptions. You should have that. Right. So these are the basic, you hear the basics. Yeah. You gotta do right. But the key is that you're kind of getting to what's the impact that the effort there at the lab is yeah. having on the overall organization, right? That's th- these are morale issues that you can't see. <laughs> That's right. You must have. A, what, what do they say? Um, the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and and that's a, I think that's a really good point about these are morale issues because asking these types of questions are going to hopefully improve morale or point out where it maybe some of the changes that you can make mm-hmm. to improve morale would be right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. I like that idea though. And it's one of the, I was having a conversation with someone uh, last night about this, that, you know, given the size of our organization now, because we're not as large as we used, used to be. And so I'm playing a more active role, kind of yeah. not just strategic, but tactical, right? Yeah. Um, three years ago, I was rarely going to a team meeting uh, or staff meeting, whatever you want to call it, uh, at our hotels. And so last Monday, I was there running a team meeting at one of our hotels, right? Um, and it gives me an opportunity again to be talking to room attendants and talking to our guest service host one-on-one, right? And so the woman I was talking about it said, well, that's like, I was talking to it like out of frustration, like, oh my gosh, is this really the highest and best use of my time? And she was kind of like a mirror and said, well, no, not long-term, but right now you're re-engaging with people. You're the one who keeps saying that the work climate is different today than it was Mm. five years from now. Now you are really going to have your finger on the pulse of the organization. So what you're talking about where your boss would actually walked into the lab and spoken to the engineers. Yeah. What insight would that have offered? Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and if I think back to that time, because sometimes the bosses, they never came in, it almost made me feel, me feel like they were, it never made me feel like they were too important to come in. It made me feel like that they were afraid to come in. Well, that's probably true. And afraid to like see what was really going on and to and to hear um, very smart people give them some feedback. <laughs> well, look, it takes courage. It takes guts to hire people that are smarter, bolder, and brighter than you are. Yeah, it does. Right. Right. But what you need to do is have a level of confidence about your own competence. Yes. And competence comes from you know we talk we've talked about this right. Mm-hmm. Once your competence is at a high level. You, you have more confidence, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but the key is understanding what is your competence because your competence is going to be di- my confidence. I couldn't walk in and go head to head with you in some engineering lab, 
Right. right? Cause that's, that's yeah. your expertise. Yeah. My expertise is something completely different that might not be your expertise. Yes. Right. So like, I understand, like I'm good at putting teams together. I'm good at strategic. Mm -hmm. I'm good at strategery, Dave. And um, <laughs> right, there, there are other things that, that I'm good at, but if it comes down to engineering, that's not my, my thing. Yeah. So we, we, whenever we're going to do that as a leader, we talk about vulnerability, humbleness, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. definitely going to happen. That's right. For sure. Um, oh, so then, then I guess my last point would be, you know, we talk about sports um, you know, I, I enjoy football and the Rams won the Super Bowl. as, as I, have watched that season and I've watched some of the games over and over and thinking about how it all worked. Yeah. Um, there were times when, you know, everybody on, and the reason I talk about sports is because it, it, I mean, you see the score, right? There's statistics. It's so easy to know if you're performing well or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, an offense has a quarterback, a running back, Defense has got, you know, linebackers, defensive backs, um, defensive linemen. And, you know, you think about the roles and responsibilities of each one are pretty clearly defined. And if they, but if they weren't defined, or if somebody goes outside of that role and the rest of the team members are not informed, it can be disaster. Yeah. So in other words, say a cornerback, normally they're going to cover the outside receiver, but sometimes they blitz to put pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Well, if they blitz and the rest of the defensive secondary doesn't know that there is an open receiver going down the field yep. and it's disaster for the defense. That's right. Right. So yeah. if you have some team members that are going um, potentially outside of their roles, which can be great, you want that to happen on occasion, but there's gotta yeah. be communication right. to everybody else to say, Hey, I'm stepping into this role for a particular reason. It could be, sure. Hey, you've got this big, about a big amount of business coming in or a new opportunity. Everybody's got to pull together to go into a different role temporarily. That's yeah. cool. As long as you communicate about that. Yeah. So you've mentioned communication. Um, we're looking at a hotel acquisition right now and it just so happens, Anthony Milcuri, if you're watching this, cause I know you do uh, from time to time. Um, <laughs> um, it's a hotel that, was on Hotel Impossible uh, several years ago. And I think some folks know that I was a uh, guest expert on the show a few times with my friend, Anthony Milcuri, who was the host. And uh, so because I was new, now that we're kind of looking at this hotel, I went back and watched that episode from several uh. years ago, right? And so if you don't know the premise of the show, um, Anthony Milcuri, uh, hotelier, would go in to a bailing, struggling property and renovate part of the hotel and come up with a new um, operating plan to turn the hotel around. Mm. You know, what we always say in, in business, you know, there's really only so many areas of problems, people, product, process, and profit problems in business, right? Right. Invariably, it's always a people problem, right? <laughs> a product <laughs> problem, a process problem, or a profit problem. It's probably really a people problem, right? And so as Anthony is walking through this hotel where there is a new ownership group and a new manager, and he's talking to some of the team members who've been there for a while, he say, what could we do to, what would, I've got the new manager here. What would you like to hear? Or how would you, if you were in his shoes, what would you be doing differently? I would communicate more. Mm. I would talk to the team more. Yeah. I would let them know what we're doing, what you're doing more often. Cause we're in the dark and we just hear things through the grapevine. 
Mm. kind of thing. <laughs> Your key about communication is absolutely, particularly on the football field where things are happening in real time. <laughs> you know, and this is why like morning stand-ups are important. This is why memos are important. This is why video chats are important. This is why quarterly state of the company um, businesses, uh, I mean, uh, quarterly state of the company reports and um, video chats or whatever are, are so important because in those, every time you do that, there's an opportunity to reinforce what people's role is in the organization. Yes. Yes. Right? Um, and, um, and it's not just about pontificating and telling flowery stories. Although that's part of it for yeah. sure, but it's to recognize, you don't need to go through every team member on the team and say, your role is this, but it might be an opportunity. Okay, this time I'm going to talk about, Dave, thanks so much for playing this role. You did a great job. And then reinforcing that publicly and get specific about what you're doing great. They, oh, that's what Dave's role is. Oh, that's a really good reminder. And then the next time you can call out another team member. Just an idea. Yeah. And yeah, and that's why it's important to, you know, depending upon the type of person you are, that's why it's important to have scheduled regular meetings and give yourself opportunity for these things to, to happen. Sometimes yeah. you just got to force it with your calendar. Yeah. Sometimes you have to. Yeah, All right. For sure. For sure. Well, I don't know how we did it, but how long was that? It's been like a no idea. 35 minutes or whatever, talking about a simple no question of why is it important for team members to know the roles on a team? That was awesome. <laughs> I thought it was a blast. I learned a lot. I learned good. a lot. It was yeah, good. Thank you. All right. Reminder. Okay, so we are going to wrap this up. Thank you, folks, for joining us today. And remember, building a team is the way to reclaim your freedom. And we're here to help you with our course and community and our white glove service, where we find a rock star VA for you. And three things we'd love for you to do, and we'd really appreciate it. Number one, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so, either on your iPhone or Android phone or on YouTube. And number two, give us a rating, five star, hopefully. But leave a comment below this video. Yeah. Talk about your role. Even if you are in an organization and you aren't the head of the organization, sure. talk about what your responsibilities are, how well you've been uh, communicated with. Um, so doing that, leaving us a comment, it really helps us get the word out. And then number three is go to HireMindVA.com for more information on, on our course and community, our white glove service. And of course, you can grab a great free download currently. It's uh, the download where it gives you a very detailed checklist of how to prepare for, hire, and thrive with a virtual assistant. So come join us in our course and community. Without, even without experience, you'll learn how to do this. Larry, you know we're helping a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. um, we just had a great Q&A call yesterday, yeah. and it went into some pretty good depths on some um, opportunities that folks have. And it was a blast. If you guys could at least listen to the replays when you're in our community, you would get a lot out of it. Cause I know I do just being on the call and helping to facilitate that. The emails but, we got afterwards from the folks that were on that were very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that one um, mm. that we got, mm. but you know, if you don't remember any of this stuff, number mm. one, just go to hiremyva.com. Yeah. Yeah. Hey folks, thanks so much. Um, it's so important that your team members know what their role is in the organization. 
But I think it's even more important that we know what is our role in life. And for me, that's like playing a significant role in the lives of our community and our family members, our places of worship, our, our, our jobs. And it's not just about you, but about your team members as well. Let's help them recognize what significant roles they play as well. So I'll just yeah. leave you with this. God bless you. God keep you. God hold you. All right, my friends, go do something significant today. Go get them. Okay. Bye. Bye, everybody. See ya.